the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. Well, you know, I'm kind of getting kind of upset with Puxatani Phil. I, I just saw something on the internet the other day. It says, you ain't nothing but a groundhog lying all the time. But <laughs> let's get positive. Uh, I've been cold. It's supposed to be beautiful today, though, so let's keep your fingers crossed. To know what people really think, pay regard to what they do rather than what they say. And that was from Descartes, who was one of the, you know, I am who I am. Uh, one of the great philosophers. Another one from a, another great philosopher. I'm reading his stuff right now. You are what you repeatedly do. Excellence is not an event. It's a habit. Aristotle. This is kind of one of self-inflection. In a noisy world, seek the silence in your heart. And through the power of silence, the energies of chaos will be brought back to harmony. Not by you, but through you, as all miracles are. When we visit this silence regularly, particularly in the morning, then the days of our lives become lit from above. Ultimately, all darkness will be gone from every heart. And I can't remember who wrote it, but I read it the other day, and I thought it was great. Hey, um, you know, if you want any of the material, and we, we talk about our top ideas, our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, uh, uh, whatever it may be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm beginning, to, you know, some of the uh, European stocks are starting to sell off, and I, I was worried about that when I mentioned the ADRs. But, look, you know, I want you to just take a look at these things, and, you know, wh- whether you buy them or not, that's different. But, you know, like I've always said, Noah didn't start building the ark uh, the day it rained, okay? So there will be a bull market in Europe's future and probably in the emerging markets too. It, we're starting to see some, you know, uh, bottoming process there. So it should be, could be really good. But if you want any of those st- things, just Google or Bing Tim Hayes radio and it, it you know, my, my face shows up. <laughs> Don't do it early in the morning. <laughs> uh, but anyway, and, but wait, you can also go to WHK 1420. And, and go to the local podcast. And, and, and by the way, if you don't like getting up on seven, seven o'clock on Saturday morning, you can hit the podcast on Monday or Tuesday. And the, the, the podcast area goes directly to my webpage, right? So there you go. Uh, by the way, I mentioned this a couple times. We have a lot of people already signed up, but we have a seminar April 8th at the Marriott Airport. We're going to have Bob Dickey, who is our head technical strategist and has won more awards than anybody I know. And also Marshfield, one of the great deep value managers. Uh, they've been in the PSN ratings, one of the in the top ten for forever. Uh, they're going to be. Uh, we have Chris from uh, Marshfield and Bob I do about a half an hour, forty five minutes each, and uh, I think we'll have a few hors d'oeuvres ahead of time. So if you're interested, let us know. Uh, by the way, once again, if you got to go to my webpage, uh, you know, Google Tim Hayes Radio. Uh, I show up and uh, hit the contact me or email me. Or just call us. What a novel concept. 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. 
Do you have the old insurance and new kind of insurance? The old, you have premiums, death benefit, and cash value. The new, you have a living benefit, whereas you can tap the benefit during your lifetime to pay for long-term care expenses. Uh, if you don't, if, believe me, I've, I've done about five of these for clients in the last month where we just reviewed their policy. And first of all, you're getting long-term care at the same price, if not cheaper, than what they had for you know insurance beforehand. So makes makes sense. If you like any information, let me know. Also, we have a new newsletter out. Uh, we're talking about federal income tax returns, how much health care will cost in retirement. Uh, great stuff. And we had Matt Hedberg and uh, Ross McMillan on again this week. They are the guys that publish half the publishers of the Technology, Internet, Media, and Telecommunications Conference. Ross and and Matt are in the software area, which has been the hottest area of the market for a pretty long time. I think they'll take a breath here. But the subscription software area, which we're going to talk about later in the show, is something you should be talking about or looking at. Uh, I've only had two people send in for this, so I know it's a dynamite piece. It's called Rewriting Retirement. This is one of the most comprehensive pieces I've ever seen on retirement. Uh, it, it talks about all the key areas that you got to know about. If you're retiring, you should call me. Uh, look, uh, I'll mention this again. We do have a gentleman by the name of Blake McKibben, who is a, uh, he's got a lot of different degrees. But uh, look, we look at uh, wills, trusts, and, uh, you know, that type of thing. What we're looking at is your state plan, and there ninety nine percent of them are written cr- properly. The question is, is the intent there? You know, the, your intent in there, or the lawyer's intent, and that's the big thing. We also have a piece on Social Security, so there you go. All right, so uh, the number of married couples living with roommates has doubled since nineteen ninety five. This this is the thing where you know we, we've got a discrepancy in income. You know, we got the very wealthy. And uh, the very poor, and uh, that's unfortunate. But I think that was more from uh, a certain president's policies the last eight years than anything else. Uh, high taxes kills the the you know the smaller companies that can make you millions of dollars. Uh, it also uh, hurts most of the the people that we just talked about. According to new data analyzed by research firm Inrex, shows that how much time and money Americans are wasting sitting in their cars and trucks. I do this myself. The total last year was eighty-seven billion, or uh, thirteen hundred forty-eight per driver, based on the pieces. That's probably twice that for me. Uh, boy, what they've done to seventy-seven. I could. I don't know who's running ODOT, but uh, according to the new report from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, more than seven million Americans have reached serious delinquency status on auto loans. That's because they're sitting in their car too much. You know, I, I saw a piece from our, our people in uh, Minnesota, and it's it was a great. Piece. It said it's not how it's it's not how you start. And that's not true. But look, we had a great January and February. I mean, February, uh, the Dow was up four percent. Um, you know, the S&P was up three point two. Uh, you know, indexes were up big. Russell was up even higher. I mean, it was up five point two percent in February. And the 11.2% gain in the S&P 500 is the best two-month start to the year since 1991. Uh, I think 1991 is 11.2% advance. And uh, surprisingly, a strong strong start to the year is historically positive for the full-year returns. In fact, since 1950, there's only there's been 21 instances uh, where we've had a combined February and uh, January that surpassed 5% 
of the previous 20 occasions, the only time the S&P declined for the full year was 2011. How about that? So there we go. Uh, you know, I if you don't know who Gerald Loeb is, uh, he was one of the great investors of our time. And uh, I just read a book by his, so I just, I'll just pass this on. Uh, Forbes magazine had a couple quotes for him. He says, you don't need an analyst in a bull market, and you don't want them in a bear market. The most important single factor shaping security markets is public psychology. That's why we use the bullish percent, folks, okay? A willingness and ability to hold funds uh, uninvested while awaiting the real opportunities is a key success in the battle for investment survival. There is a saying, a picture is worth a thousand words. One might paraphrase this by saying a profit is worth more than endless alibis or explanations, and prices and trends are really the best and simplest indicators you can find. Charts, folks, if you're not looking at charts, that's why I do it every day. Accepting losses is the most important single investment advice to ensure safety of capital. There you go. Uh, hey, look, we've, we've had a pullback, and I've been, I, if, if you weren't on my uh, email list, if you'd like to get that, you know, once again, Bing. Tim Hayes Radio and and or Google it and uh, or go WHK fourteen twenty and you can sign up. There's uh, all sorts of email me, contact me, that type of thing. But I think I I still think that this uh, correction will be a shallow correction. It, it could go down ten percent. I, I see some serious support there, uh, but I see support at four and six percent also. So, look, I think what you want to do is take advantage of this uh, pullback, and I, I think you you. You know, people are may, much too bearish. We have the lowest percentage of people in the U.S. stock market in the last 28 years. There is nothing, nothing I can say that is more bullish than that. Nothing I can say that's more bullish than that. So, look, I think what we're having is a mid-cycle pause here. And uh, when we put together uh, our portfolios right now, what we're doing is we're looking for stocks that are, are great companies that are holding up or they're just pulled back a little bit. It's my opinion, uh, well, historically, expansions end due to excesses of some kind, uh, whether they be financial or real economy, uh, or with the Fed tightening too much. And right now, I don't see any excesses. Uh, you know, I saw them in, in uh, the FANG stocks, and they're all correcting. As a matter of fact, most of those charts look pretty bad right now. So uh, I think, you know, as, uh, you know th- there is no real excess yet, Okay. Look, $3 trillion went into the money market in the month of January as the market went up 5%. So, you know, you know we went up 5% twi- two, two months in a row, 5.5% to be exact, and people were putting money in the money market. That is an excesses, folks. The excess is when they're cramming their money into that, uh, into that stock market like crazy, like they're doing the bar market right now. So, so look, I think your focus should be on the next leg of cycle. And I, I guess the question is, will it be value or growth? And I, I think there's, it's going to be value because they've, growth has outperformed for such a long time. But look, if we get hit by a, a corporate profits recession in 2019, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go sideways. All right. I don't think it's going to be terrible. I don't think it, you know, anything like that. I, I just think because, you know, they got, uh, good taxes and all that. But I, I think the next round will be the central banks. I mean, it sounded like to me that the European central banks are going to be, uh, you know, <laughs> lowering rates pretty soon after last week. And I also look at the small business sales uh, expectation index, and it turned down a little bit, but it's still up there, way above where it was before. So uh, here's some of the things I did see. Gold broke down, and I said, you know, be careful with gold a couple of weeks ago, and uh, maybe even last week. I can't remember exactly. 
but a couple things did disturb me a little bit, and, and that is the Russell pulled back fairly quickly. And uh, now if the Russell would reverse back up here, it would be very, very bullish. I mean, extremely bullish. Also, the uh, IBB, uh, which is the iShares uh, NASDAQ bi- Biotech ETF, had a kind of a false breakout. So be, you know, be aware of that. You know, we had Matt Hedberg and Ross McMillan on, and look, there's some things. That they're talking about the golden era of software, and they still remain bullish on the software stocks long term. That's why I keep telling you about that report we should get. So software continues to take share of GDP in a big, big way. You know, IT spending's healthy, but we expect deceleration off of some tum- tough comps. That's why I say you're going to wait for the pullback a little bit. But we still can see uh, a, a refresh of the tech st- uh, stack driven by cloud open source and APIs, right? And um, so we have some, you know, like kind of a mixed macro back around, and a, a software is late in the cycle, so it probably corrects a little bit. Uh, but the, you know, the trends are hypercloud, uh, edge computing, rise of the developer, and something called robotic process automation. So artificial intelligence is coming in here. That's the autobot, you know, the uh, the robotic uh, process automation. But there remains. A big liquidity backstop. And what I mean by that, there's a lot of companies out there with, you know, big time dollars uh, to buy these companies. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Well, I took a stroll on the old long walk of the day. I, I, I met a little girl and we stopped to talk and we'll find something. I, and I asked your friend, what's a fella to do? Hair's black and her eyes are blue. And I'm dear right thin. I've been taking a world. Oh, ho, ho, it's magic. You know, never believe it's not so. It's magic. Okay, we're back. Once again, if you'd like to get any of our, 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 our stuff, our technology, internet, media, and telecommunications, uh, we had that conference back in November. That There's a lot of good ideas there. Uh, also, our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list. Uh, those For those of you retiring, these are great ideas. Our top idea list. Uh, I think that's a really good good scenario. you got to watch where you buy these things uh, for the most part. That's where the, the charts come in. That's what I do. Hey, somebody, I was talking to uh, somebody who's been out of the market since 2009. So what I did was I looked at it and I said, okay, get me out in 2009. And what I did was I got out a month before the bottom. So I put all my money in bonds uh, and and cash. So if I had $49,000 at the bottom, I now have 51,791 in cash. And seventy-one thousand in bonds. If I would have kept it in the market, I'd have two hundred eight thousand, two hundred eight nine twenty-one thousand. You know, and I, I remember those days. I mean, look, I remember in March. You know, when I, I sat on this radio show and said, "I think we're at the bottom." I, I you should have seen some of the emails. I should have kept them. They, they would have. I should have put them on. You know, in frames and put them on my wall. But we had six hundred sixty-three thousand more jobs disappear from the uh, economy that month, and. We, I received calls from people on a regular basis asking which indicator system they should use, you know, and all that stuff. And, and by the way, the bullish percent was negative for a year and a half. And we said at the beginning of, at the end of 2007 and the beginning of 2008, 
that cash would outperform stocks. Cash was yielding 0.005 or 0.05 percent, five tenths of a percent. <laughs> That's pretty bad. But anyway, so look, uh, I think what you got to look at is that uh, getting on the market was probably a dumb thing. Simple as that. And but you could have sold a lot of stocks before that had you listened to the show or if you would have been one of my clients. It's that simple. So uh, the, the groups that still look good right now are utilities, technology and mid cap growth. That's mostly the software business, by the way. So what would I do now? Okay, so look, we had a terrible, uh, we had a quick bear market, and that's how they they uh, develop in a in a secular bull market. They're quick, they're fast. Went down twenty percent in a hurry. So don't you know they can't say we didn't have a bear market this time around. All right, then we had a quick bull move, made up almost two thirds of it. Okay, and now what I think you have to do is some spring cleaning. You got to review your portfolio. You got to sell your laggards. Okay. You know, look, we've had some extreme polar vortexes here, some nor'easters that have wrecked havoc across the, you know, continental U.S. this year, uh, both in the stock market and in the regular weather. So, but we have a unofficial change in the season, although Puxitani Phil, you know, he's ain't nothing but a lion hound, uh, groundhog, right? Um, but look, the annual spring ritual is spring cleaning. And I think what you want to do is take a look at your portfolio, you know, say, hey, what didn't work? What did? And unless you're really, you know, go back and do the homework, look at the charts, and if you still think there's potential, you stay with it. If not, you sell your laggards, okay? Uh, look, I've, I've been looking at one stock that really worries me, and it's one of my, I think it's one of the greatest companies in corporate America, but it really worries me right now because there's a, there's a news overhang. And so I've been talking to people about it, all right? So th- there's things out there that you got to do, and uh, but laggards are typically stocks that are trading in overall negative trend with poor relative strength characteristics. So if you need help with that, give me a call. You must constantly review your positions to identify which stocks are lagging behind. And now I, I review all my portfolios once a week because I'm, <laughs> my wife has a turn for it. I'll leave it to your imagination. But you know, if, if you're looking at it, uh, I know of a lot of, you know, real high quality names out there that were looking great. Uh, and, and some of them may be buys. Okay, they may be coming out and maybe buy. So you really got to do some homework, uh, you know. And and sometimes you know, uh, Dorsey Wright system is great for momentum, but sometimes you know, buying value when value has been down for a long time is a good idea too. Uh, now I have noticed, you know, if I looked at back at one uh, thirty one two thousand nine, utilities in Latin America were the top. Now one month later, it's utilities, technologies, and mid cap growth. So uh, you know. Sometimes things change. Okay. So there you go. Now I looked at all the indexes and, and I've been saying this and I was a couple weeks early and I apologize, but I said, you know, we're, we're going to test overhead resistance coming up here. And, uh, so I sent out a note to everybody. I was a couple weeks early. You know, you didn't have to sell everything. You, I don't think you should have sold anything. You just got to be, you know, understanding that it's coming. So we have a couple, you know, uh, resistance points on the Dow and the S and P and, and they're almost all the same charts. And I'm seeing the MACD, the moving average convergence divergence, starting to roll over on some of these. Uh, the NASDAQ is most, uh, most, uh, the most ugly looking one. I mean, the, the histogram barns are turning negative, which is, uh, something that, you know, if you don't understand that, you could look it up, I guess. Uh, so we're, we're starting to see, you know, we hit resistance. We're starting to sell off. 
And I think what it's going to be is a, is a, you know, I, well, I have three areas of support at 4% down, 6% down and 10% down. 10% would surprise me. I think it'd be some kind of a, you know, a, a news event that would occur. Uh, you know, so, um, there you go. I'm also starting to see, uh, you know, you know, we talked about China and it just went straight up. Now it's going to come straight back down. Uh, trust me on that because nothing goes straight back up. But, uh, I've also been noticing some of the commodity related ETS, ETS doing very well. For example, gasoline and, and rare earth metals are both, uh, gasoline's up 20% this year. Uh, rare earth metals up about 10. So we're starting to see some movement in, the, in, in those uh, scenarios. You know, palladium has been leading the way for a long, long time now. Um, but the gold miners kind of broke their uptrend line and so didn't uh, gold itself. So I, I think gold, you have to, you know, the GDX, you have to look for to break 24 before I'd get really interested. But I, I think the gold rush might be over short term. I don't know about the long term, but I think short term it may be. So, you know, the U S dollar, uh, index refuses to go down. It, it hit 95 and then turned back up again. So, uh, you really need the dollar index to go down, for uh that to occur i am seeing lots of these software companies gap up now after gap up what you'll usually see um you know is a pullback to that gap and and i think that'll happen now and and you know if you get some pullback those would be a great time to buy some of these names i got a whole list of them but look mid and small cap relative performance matters and uh, small caps be Going down hard on Thursday was not a good good deal, uh, or is it Wednesday? I guess it was Wednesday, and so I, I think what you have to you know you want to see them hold up best, and then the mid caps uh, have been holding up pretty well, and mostly because of software stocks. But uh, material stocks they failed to break resistance, so you know they're the they're the value stocks. So maybe we're going to stay with growth for a while, and I'm seeing uh, a lot of daily rotation. You know. Uh, one day biotechs are down, the next day they're up. So I'm not exactly sure what to make of that, uh, but there you go. But look, um, I think the weekly indicators, if you look at the momentum charts, uh, they're they're all at resistance. So intermediate term momentum indicators, you know, which track multi-month type of thing, continue to build to the upside uh, into a good overbought territory now, okay? I mean, there's bad overbought and there's good overbought. This is good. And I think what you're going to see is is a pullback, uh, you know, and relatively shallow, and then a sideways move for a while, uh, where individual stock picking will be important. And then 2020, I think, is going to be a good year. Um, so I would just stay bullish through the the second quarter rotations. I mean, there are some things that you want to be paying attention to, but I think a lot of these stocks are going to pull back to their 200-day moving average and then take off. Uh Software leadership, I can't talk enough about it, and it, it's in three or four different areas. The subscription guys, the guys that are in, uh, uh, you know, who, who are trying to save you from being hacked. Uh, also, uh, just some general stuff that is, is dealing with customers. So um, large fang stocks look pretty good for a while there, and, and then they kind of broke down on Friday, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, Elizabeth Warren came out and said that uh, she wants to break all these companies up. Um, that's interesting. I, I I also noticed that a lot of the semiconductors uh, broke down on Thursday, at, but they broke back to support. So it's interesting to see if they hold. Uh, the home builders, everybody's talking them down, and uh, they look like 
I mean, you might want to add a little exposure if they, if they pull back any further. Um, and I'd start to look at some of the, the drug companies because they've been beaten up a little bit uh, on, on any rotation. Uh, managed care, you know, uh, the, the Obamacare thing and, and the, the fact that they're going to, uh, the Democrats want to have Medicare for all uh, is not good for those companies. So be careful with them. They, they got hit hard. When stocks gap down, you should pay attention. All right. That's simple. Uh, the quadrant, a weekly quadrant balance data, and that's that's measures the percentage of stocks with positive weekly momentum, is very very high right now. All right, so uh, I I don't think you want to be chasing anything. <laughs> Let it come back to you is what I'm trying to say, and I I think you know we've got some support on the S and P five hundred at twenty seven hundred and twenty six thirty, and then you know if worst case to came to worse, I think uh, you know twenty four fifty seven would be you know the the bottom, but. Uh, uh, the relative index comparison to the, the Barclays 20-year bond fund is still on a buy signal, so stocks is, are better than bonds. The mid-cap and small-cap growth versus value have broken out. The big-cap has not, so it will be interesting to see what happens there. Once again, emerging markets, uh, you know, they made a little bit of a double top, so I think there's a pullback in. Uh, you know, we, we've, we talked about those for six weeks, so um, if you're not in yet, let them come back to you. The relative performance versus the S&P 500 is weakening a little bit, though. So, you know, uh, understand that. Now, on the other hand, uh, you know, if I look at China, uh, the relative strength is becoming kind of advanced and overbought. So I think you want to wait on China, too. It had a huge spike, huge spike. Um, the 10-year bonds, I, I think there's just going to be a trading range between 2.5% and 3 And it'll probably stay there for a pretty long time. I did notice the daily momentum and relative strength, the RSI momentum that they call it, is is trending up. So there may be a, a move closer to the three percent area uh, coming up here. And the dollar is looks like it's going to be range bound. I mean, uh, between ninety five and ninety seven, I thought it was going to break down from ninety seven. It did, and then it turned back up. So it did make the breakdown from ninety seven down to to ninety five and a half almost, uh, and then turn right back up. So uh, people don't. Want to be? They want to be along the dollar. Uh, like I said, gold broke out, uh, the GDX broke out, but it really needs to get over twenty four and a half for anything to happen. And then I noticed, uh, you know, I looked at uh, some heat maps and uh, the improving areas of financial staples, healthcare, technology, industrials, and materials, weakening our REITs and some of the utilities. Uh, I did notice that technology leadership is still there. About that simple. Hey, we'll be right back with a bullish percent. Stay tuned. This is the. Smart Investor Hour. back if you just tuned in uh, my name is tim hayes this is smart investor show uh if you'd like to talk to me have a cup of coffee uh sit down and review your portfolio give me a call uh my number is 888-223-7742 i am in cleveland uh that's an 800 number just in case you're out in the hinterland someplace um i don't even know if at seven o'clock in the morning if this goes out to the hinterlands i think it does though as soon as the light comes out uh anyway we we talk about the bullish percent all the time and this is just a a risk indicator and and 
Look, uh, one of the hard parts about the stock market is knowing when to, whoa, and when to get aggressive, okay? You know, when do you pull the horse back, and when do you just go full out on a full out, you know, sprint? And what we use is the bullish percent, and this was designed a long time ago by some very smart guys that wanted to be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. So they designed a point and figure chart. This is X's and O's. It just goes from zero to 100. When you're column of X's, you have the offensive team on the field. Uh, depending on what your field position is, you can either throw the long bomb, you can hand the ball off to the fullback, that type of thing. When you go into a column of O's, it's a distribution period, and uh, there's more risk there, okay? It doesn't mean you have to sell your whole portfolio. Now, there are times, there's other indicators we follow uh, that we throw in occasionally and tell you, hey, this is happening, and you know, you got to pay attention to those two. And right now, domestic equities are the number one asset class. And yet, I'll say this again, we have the fewest number of people in equities in the last 28 years or 27 years, whatever it is. That's a long time. $3 billion went into uh, the money market in the month of January. So we went from 27 to three billion or three trillion dollars in the money market, highest money market number ever in a bull market, means that somewhere down the road, if that money comes in, we're going up a big. Anyway, uh, the other thing you got to know about this is when we get above seventy, that's kind of the red zone. That's when the market's hot. You know, CNBC is talking about it. They're they're going nuts there. When you get below thirty, that's the green zone. That's when everybody, you know, nobody wants to even talk about stocks. You know, you leave your four hundred one k statement unopened for six months <laughs> okay uh so but look what we do what we talk about here is risk control all right we're not trying to tell you hey you know this is how you make a fortune in the market this is just risk control so back the f- the first week of january I, I said not to get too bearish i said we're down to a point where you know, you probably want to go long and i bought some stocks i didn't buy enough of them i admit you know i i didn't buy you know, you know, I talk a good game, but I do buy during these periods of time. So now we've gone from 24 on the bullish percent. Actually, we're 15 on the bullish percent to 57 and a half in two months. Whoa, pull back the horses a little bit. Okay. That's what we talked about last week. And that's what we're going to talk about again. So what we had was uh, we were only up half a percent this week uh, from Thursday to Thursday which is one of the, the smallest increases in two months. The over-the-counter index was up just 0.3. It's at 45%, much better place to enter. So weakness on the over-the-counter index, you know, it'd be probably good, I think. And the world indexes were up two, uh, and they're still below 52. So that's another wonderful place to be buying. Now, look, uh, all, all the uh, bullish percents remained unchanged and, you know, ex- with uh, the, bu- the world index moving up a little bit. And they remain in a column of X's. That's very positive. All the high-low indicators were were very positive. They're still in a column of X's. They're up there, though. Okay, so the number of new highs versus new lows are in the 80 90% area. That's usually when you got to go, whoa, okay? So um, if you look at dynamic asset level investing, which our friends at uh, Dorsey Wright provide us with, uh, it, dynamic asset level investing is to figure out which asset class is the best, Okay which is second best, which is third, which is fourth, and which is fifth. And one of the things that they did was they bought a guy named Jim Yates' uh, material when he died. 
And I, I went out to dinner with Jim a couple times in Chicago at uh, Nick's Fish Market and had a couple scotch. He loves scotch and, and, and bourbon, <laughs> both. And Jim designed something called the, you know, well, he didn't design it. He called it the zone system. And it's, it's all it is is an implied momentum bell curve strategy. So he has six different zones. Zone six, obviously, is overbought. Zone five, zone four, zone three, zone, zone, zone one, obviously oversold. And so what the idea was, was to buy calls in zone one and to sell calls in zone six. Okay? Just, you know, when it's overbought, you sell calls against the position. You hope you, you know, you pick up a couple bucks. And then when it turns back up, you turn back up. When things are oversold, there's a chance for a pop. Okay? And, and he, he was very successful with it. He was, he, was, he was quite good. I mean, it was probably one of the better innovations I've seen in the option strategy for a long, long time. And right now, I would say 60% to 70% of the S&P 500 is in zone 6 and 5, with another 30 in zone 4, and maybe 10% in zone 3, 2, and 1. So we're overbought. But like I said, we're good overbought. So don't, don't get too bearish. Uh, it will sell off and people will be frightened, you know, and it, look, I, I think Ben Franklin said, uh, there's a lot of people who are born ignorant. You got to really work at being stupid all your life. Okay. <laughs> so use your head here. Don't let your emotions get in the way. People are letting their emotions get in the way. And look, I, I've got a couple clients who have bought some of the, uh, insider buys. And I say this on the show that they're early. And now they're a little bit frightened because they've gone down. They're not out to lunch, but they're gone down a little bit. And and they're not thinking right. They're starting to think with their emotions, not with their not you know, not thinking with your brain, but thinking with your emotions. Bad thing to happen in the stock market, okay? So anyway, I looked at all the major indexes except for be, the weekly momentum being up for eight, nine weeks, uh, which is a problem, I think. Uh, short term anyway, um, they all look good. They're all in a column of X's. Uh, they all, all got good fund scores. They're, you know, every, they're on a buy signal. They're all positive uh, point and figure charts, etc. cetera. Um, but they're overbought. Okay. So um, we have not recorded uh, anything as overbought since August of 2018. So we'll probably see a, you know, a move back. Uh, you know, the, the, the August scenario was helped by the Federal Reserve. I don't think you can have that problem right this at this point. But, you know, if we look at the weekly overbought, oversold, the, the overbought stuff is the Dow Jones, the QQQs, the SPYs, the X, the uh, XLG, which is the large cap uh, thing, and the RSP, which is the equal weight. So it's mostly the large stocks. Uh, the the small caps are not uh, even close to that. So, uh but the weekly distribution for most, like let's say the S&P 500 is overbought by about 73%. So it's a good overbought. It's a break off the bottom. And I think all you have to do is think about that for a while. Let things come back to you. There's some things I'm buying right now. Okay. Uh, and I think, um, you know, if if you use your head, what you're think, all you're thinking about right now is that we're going to revolve. We're, we're talking about mean revision here. Okay, so statistically, this is just a revert, a reversion, reverting back to the mean. Okay, so uh, when they get the overbought, let them come back to you. So the weekly distribution is up to thirty six. You know, let it pull back to you a little bit. You know, don't just don't go crazy. Now we talk about the uh, the different sectors now, and you know, look, uh, eight weeks ago, 
none of the sectors were positive. Now we have 15. Uh, gaming went positive this week. It backed up from 80. It had gone, it had gone coast to coast. It's now at 74, 75 area. So you want to wait on those stocks a little bit. Semiconductors, electric utilities are at 65. I'd probably wait on those too. Uh, software, protection services, gas utilities are at 60s. Still wait on those. Let them come back to you. In that 50 area, which is probably a place to pay attention, is telephone, uh, telephone or telecommunications, healthcare, insurance, and Wall Street. And that 45, biotech went positive this week and, and how, uh, housing. And then at 30, uh, 38, drugs and restaurants. Below 30 is precious metal. They're still positive, but I don't see the follow-through, what I'd like to see. Uh, but I do see a lot of things in bull confirmed or bull alert status, uh, which is usually good. So, like I said, I think this is a, where we're going to revert back to the mean, that's all. Uh, drugs and gaming went to favored status this week, where restaurants uh, moved down a notch. And oil service uh, moved from totally unfavored to uh, almost average. <laughs> uh, the international sector... Uh, the you know the China large cap ETFs all of them broke out big. Uh, they broke a double top, and that's very positive. I like I said they were straight up though, so you want to kind of wait for them to come back to you. And one area that really went up a lot was uh, uh, the the China uh, technology groups. Uh, so you know if you look at the the ETFs, that might be a good place to to go. The the 30-year the Treasury index broke a double top at 3.125%. And uh, this is the yield index now, okay? So we're probably going to go back up and test that old high of uh, 330 uh, sometime in the future. Uh, and it's funny because they're all talking about interest rates coming down, all right, which is really interesting. I did notice that some of the emerging market bond funds, uh, a couple of them broke triple tops this week, which is very positive, uh, and then they pulled back hard. That's usually when you want to buy them. Uh, so th- these are the actual bonds, you know, so the bonds go up, pr- the yields go down. So you want to buy yield when it's up. So now that they're backed off, that's what you want to do. Crude continues to be positive after 10 weeks. Uh, you want to be careful, you know, 10, 12 weeks for a commodities, a long time or, or a uh, stock index too, by the way. And same with the uh, Deutsche Bank liquid commodities index, which is mostly oil. Uh, gold has been negative for two weeks and it's been a hard, fast negative. And copper has been positive for seven weeks. Uh, there's a lot of people thinking they're, that's going to the moon. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then finally, um, we have relative strength buy signals and sell signals. These are names that you can jot down. So we, we've done, we've started at the, the grand economy. We've moved our way down to ideas. Okay. Now, I'm not saying to buy these ideas or sell these ideas. These are relative strengths, buy signals. Sometimes they last a long time. Sometimes they don't. Acadia Pharmaceuticals, Ameren Corporation, which is uh, in the pharmaceutical area, Clearfield, Fixed Line Communications, uh, Garmin, Industrial Goods, ACI Worldwide, Software, Ionis Pharmaceuticals, Biotechnology, TG Therapeutics, another biotech, Radiant Logistics, uh, Industrial Goods. These are more speculative because they're low-priced. Recro Pharma. Blueprint Medicines, DBV Technologies, uh, C Limited, which is kind of a technology-sponsored uh, ADR, Bandwidth, which is a, a name that we talked about in Matt Hedberg's group this week, and Farfetch, which is a new retailer. Uh, on the sell signal, it's AMN Health, Cantel Medical, Healthcare Services, Bookings Holdings, Neophonics, Revlon, Kivo, Vicor, Red Lions Hotel, XPO Logistics, Corbis Pharmaceuticals, and Nutanix software. 
Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Insiders. We'll have some more names for you. Okay, we're back. Uh, if you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. And if you'd like to hear the, the first uh, three segments of the show, go to WHK 1420 AM and hit the local podcast on Monday or Tuesday about noon. I can't remember which day it is. I, sorry about that. But uh, uh, too many things in my head. Uh, and, and go to local podcast. Go down to Tim Hayes' Smart Investor Show, and uh, you, you can hear what's going on uh, You know, any week you want. And if, and if I say something you don't believe me, you can go back and look. <laughs> you can go back and hear. Uh, it's especially important if you need a nap. <laughs> you can listen to me. In the meantime, I forgot to mention, when you have a relative strength by a sell signal, it doesn't mean you have to run for cover. There's three names on that list that I'm probably going to be buying shortly. Okay? Because I know the fundamentals are good. As a matter of fact, one of those names on the list are... are <laughs> I thought this was good. Our analyst said... Basically, they were trying to perform knee surgery while they were still running. Okay, which small companies, young companies sometimes do. It, you know, and by the way, he, he kind of called it uh, two months ago. You know, he said, hey, I, th- I think they're going to, you know, I think they're a great company. I, I think they're trying to, you know, they're trying to do too much. Uh, and it's a long story, but, you know, if it goes sideways for a little bit longer, I'll probably be back in the stock. And I was in the stock for a while. All right. So, uh, you just with the relative strength sell signal doesn't mean you bail out right away. It means you go back and do your homework. And if, if something's changed, then you bail out. Okay. So use your head. All right. Now we talk about insiders all the time on the show. And, uh, it's been amazing how many insiders have been buying the last two years. Absolutely amazing. If things are so bad, if Trump is doing such a bad job, why are so many insiders buying? Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, uh, these guys are early. They are always early. So I've got a couple clients that buy these things pretty regularly. And they get disappointed if they don't go up right away. Some of them do. I mean, Heister went up right away. All right. But uh, they're buying smaller names, trying to gamble a little bit. And that's okay, you know, if you want to. But you got to remember, they're early. Okay, Sometimes two or three years early. But they're usually right. They're, they're, they're right uh, 62% to 65% of the time, which is way ahead of analysts. Okay. Uh, and by the way, that's within a year. They get more right as you go out two or three years afterwards. Okay. So just remember that. All right. So we had, um, Lyondell chemical. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Era which is a biotech. Uh, the president and CEO bought $690,000 worth. We had three others, and they, these are shares, so I think it was total one point seven million. But they bought the CFO bought thirty eight thousand. Then we had two other guys buy uh, eighteen fifty three. That's always good. Uh, that's a small biotech company, I believe. 
Um, and then a Proteon Therapeutics, uh, the Tim Noyes, who's the CEO, but president and CEO, but 350,000. Then we had six others by about 60, which ends up being about $1.05 million uh, back on January 23rd. Here's an interesting one. Medco, which has been struggling, a medicines company, which was a high, high flyer a while back, uh, got beat up again. And uh, Alexand- well, uh, a director bought $8.4 million, then 4.6, and then 2.4. Uh, that's a lot. It's not chump change, folks. And then um, I also noticed that uh, um, American First Multifamily Investors, LP, uh, bought ATAX. That's after tax. Uh, they now own quite a bit of it. <laughs> uh, they increased their position to 15.6%, um, which is really, really good, I think. Uh, I mean, you know, there's this is the second or third time they bought into that company, so I think we've been talking about it for a while. It's, it's actually up quite a bit. Uh, no, actually, I'm thinking of AAT. This one has been not. Also, uh, Divisar Capital reported an 8.6% in Telenave as of February 20th. And then... Um, Intercom Communications, the the chairman emeritus, has bought one point three million, then ten point six, uh, and then he bought a whole bunch more. Uh, then he bought he had four buys of six hundred sixty thousand. So uh, and he's he owns he's a ten percent owner. Uh, so you know here's a company, Intercom Communications, that is a broadcasting radio and that type of thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he started buying at eleven; it's now six sixty. So uh, like I said, they're early. You know, sometimes they're early. They see things ahead of us. Uh, and you just got to remember that. SEAC, uh, our C Change International, which is application software, it's down to one point one fifty a share. Uh, Karen Singer, who's a 10% owner, uh, bought $1.4 million worth, and she owns around 6 million shares totally. Uh, also, Tar Holdings uh, owns 17% of the company as of February 12th. And here's one that's really interesting is is Hain Celestial Group. Uh, this is a scenario where, uh, first of all, a director bought $1.9 million worth uh, just a week ago. And then all of a sudden this week, on th- uh, Wednesday and Thursday, one, two, three, four, five, six people bought $159 million. And one of those people is a, is a, a fund that, that owns 10%. So uh, that's very interesting. Haynes Celestials, you know, is in uh, uh, natural proce- uh, foods and stuff like that. And then Arconic, the president and CEO bought, had three buys that totaled $1.8 million in the last three days. So there we go. All right, now this is Tim's take. This will tell you what I think and, you know, some of the things I watch. And, um, you know, look, I want to talk about, um, you know, Tom McQuellen uh, had a really interesting uh, comment this week. And, look, first of all, we talked about going long back in uh, December when the McQuillan oscillator was minus 80 and it, it went to plus, uh, so it was minus 100. I'm sorry. It went to plus 125. It's now minus 65 again, but the, the summation index was at negative 1200 and it went to positive 1280. So it's got to come down, uh, you know, probably comes back to zero and it'll, just slowly but surely do it. But there'll be a lot of noise. There'll be a lot of speculation. There'll be a lot of sloppiness in the trade, my, my opinion. And in certain areas, I think you should be using that to buy. Okay, now, this is the guy that told you to go to cash in 2008. 
That's all I got. That's all I got to say. And one of the areas that's kind of interesting is utilities. Uh, you know, look, I, I really liked them uh, a lot back in uh, in April. Um, you know, and I said, you know, you buy yield when it's up, and the yield was up, and they had even been beaten up quite a bit. Uh, they're right at an area that if they broke through, they'd probably go to the top end of the chart. So I, I think they're going to continue their bullish trend. I own a lot of, uh, there's two or three utilities that uh, I really like. Uh, you know what? I forgot to mention two things about Tom McQuellen. He talked about uh, oil prices, and he said the price slide in 2014 usually leads the market by 10 years. So he thinks 2024 will be a tough year. Uh, he doesn't know if it's going to be a complete blow up, but look, the, the question is, when did this bull market start? Some people thought it started uh, at the bottom in 2009. I consider a bull market when it breaks above the old resistance, which would be 2013. Bob Schleimer thinks it started in 2017 or two, at the end of 2016. And he's a pretty smart guy. He was our head technician of all RBC, you know, worldwide for a long, long time. Uh, but what Tom said is he said, you know, 2014 was the oil price slide. So, you know, tune your uh, <laughs> your dials into 2024. But he sees no problem till 2021, uh, which is interesting. He, he, he thinks that gold had a small blow up, uh, blow off top, which is what I kind of saw. So I, I think you want to be more careful with it than you than you are. Now, look, there's some minor support areas uh, in the Dow, uh, 2550. 25,500, uh, 2480, and then 2400. Well, I'll call it 39, 39, uh, 33, 23,900. Sorry about that. To 2400 is, is the other bottom. So, um, what do you do here? Well, um, look, we're seeing some signs of resting, pausing, more likely pulling back a little bit from the strong run of the past two months. A normal put pullback would be about one third to two thirds the previous previous advance, so you know we could pull back five or six percent. Okay, we could pull back eight or eight or nine. That would that would be uh, not what I'm looking for, but it it, it happens. So short term, I still I still think we're bullish. Um, you know, we we were fairly neutral last summer, and and then we went bearish in the fall. You know, we told you the bullish percent turned down. Uh, and I'd, I'd go intermediate term where we're neutral because I think we got, you know, two or three quarters of, you know, sideways movement where it's really going to be important what kind of stock picker you are. But longer term, months to years, I am really bullish. I mean, the fact that we have the lowest number of people in the stock market in the last 26, 28 years, whatever I said, <laughs> I, I lost the note. Sorry about that. Uh, is, is hugely, hugely bullish. The fact that we put, we went from 2.7 to $3 trillion in the money market in the month of January while we went up is very, very positive. Very, very positive. So uh, there we go. So look, what would I do? Uh, a couple things. I'd, I'd look at right now um, a lot of the dividend growth portfolio. There's several of them that are down. I love when yield stocks are down. That's when you should be buying them. They don't buy them when they're up. One in particular, if it pulls back at all, I'd be all over it like white on rice. I can't tell you what that is. Uh, the prime income list, for those of you who are retired, this is yielding 4.1%. And 4.1%, you know, you pay less on dividends than you do on your CDs, folks. And we're talking about the bigger, bigger companies out there, right? Uh, you know, the real estate, big real estate investment trusts, the big uh, utilities, you know, those type of names. Uh, as far as our top ideas, there's a lot of those out there. They're 
there's some really, really good ideas out there. I've also been noticing that some of the municipal bonds are coming in. We had a municipal bond just out 10 years that yielded 1.9%. And just so you know, that's about it's almost 4% on a, uh, a taxable basis that you have to get. So, uh, and that's a double A rated bond, you know, and it's a local bond. So those are some names I think you should want to pay close attention to on top of that. Uh, you know, Oh, by the way, I had several people last week, uh, get in touch with me through LinkedIn. And if you want to get in touch with me on LinkedIn, please, please do. I'm there all the time. Um, but we have a seminar coming up and I think, uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you should be at the seminar. Last year, Bob Dickey stood up in front of us and said, there's an 18% move, you know, between the top and the bottom. And he was exactly right. He wasn't closely right. He was exactly right. <laughs> All right. And then we had the guys from Marshfield and everybody was giving him a hard time about Chipotle. Chipotle went up 75% after that. They're going to be in town April 8th at the Marriott Airport. It's 6 to 8 on April 8th. It's a Monday night. Got nothing to do on Monday night. There's no Monday night football. Come see us. Uh, go to my webpage, Google Tim Hayes Radio. Hit the, you know, uh, contact me or email me. And in the meantime, have a great weekend. It's 50 degrees out there. Buy low and sell high. This is Tim Hayes, the Smart Investor Show. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.